Hallelujah. Can't help but praise him tonight. I know all hell can be breaking loose, but I can't help but praise him tonight. I know the devil wants me to sit quiet and not make any noise, but I can't help but praise him tonight. Hallelujah. Every once in a while, you just got to stop the show and just take off dancing in the Holy Ghost. Every once in a while, you got to leap for joy. Hallelujah. I can't help but praise him. Let me praise him. You've got a right to praise him. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. My, 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 my. I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. I said I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. The devil don't want you praising. Denomination don't want you praising. Your flesh don't want you praising him. But in the Holy Ghost, we're going to praise him. We don't care what the devil don't like. We're going to praise him. Hallelujah. They told, they told the layman, they said, don't you give him glory. Don't you praise him. This man's a sinner. Give God the glory. He said, I don't know. I don't know what he is, but one thing I know is he touched me, and I'm going to praise him. It might not be convenient for you. It might offend you. Just turn your head the other way while I dance in the Holy Ghost. One place the Bible says he went walking and leaping and praising God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We're going to ask that you remain standing tonight. We're going to bring to this pulpit our minister, and we've enjoyed having him with us this week, him and his lovely family all the way from Sacramento, California. And how many enjoyed the move of the Holy Ghost last night that we had? It wasn't just a good service. God rocked our world. And there's going to be a whole lot more of that here tonight in Jesus' name. So why don't you give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight as Brother Cody Marks comes to preach the word of the Lord to us. Oh, would you act apostolic right now? Come on. I want somebody to act apostolic right now. Come on, somebody give him some praise in the house. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, this thing's real close to blowing up. Y'all just give him some praise right now. Come on, you ought to praise him like you really are, like you really want to praise him right now. You ought to praise him like he's been good to you. Come on. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. My old pastor used to say, I like what I feel and I feel what I like. Anybody feel that way tonight? Anybody glad to be in God's house tonight?
Hallelujah. I do want to say before we hurry into the word of the Lord that it has been an honor to be here and um, with you and enjoyed myself immensely last night and um, I want to say I appreciate all of the ministry that's here, all the pastors and all of the ministry that is here. Yeah, I appreciate the bishop, Brother Feld, and his family, and then also I want to give honor to, to my friend, Brother, Brother Urshan, and I appreciate him, I appreciate what he stands for, praise God. And it's just good to, it's good to be with God's people. I said it's good to be with God's people, <laughs> Hallelujah. And um, nights like tonight are very dangerous because, brother, I, I got so much stuff that I feel like preaching right now. So let's, let's read a little of the word for a launching point and let's launch off and see where God will take us here the next little bit. Let's go to the book of Ruth if you've got your Bibles. The book of Ruth. Everybody, can you hear over the fan? Okay. Ruth, the book of Ruth. Let's begin reading. In verse number 16. If you're there, shout amen. You going to help the preacher preach tonight? And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest will I die, there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. Verse number 18. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, she left speaking unto her. When Naomi saw that Ruth was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. I trust the Lord knows where the next little bit's going to take us, but I felt very strongly in prayer today to preach to you on this last night of Midwinter Conference on the subject, the creation of destiny. The creation of destiny. Would you put your Bibles down and would you put your hands together one more time and give God great praise in this house. Come on, would you mix it with your voice? Hallelujah, would you mix it with your voice? Come on, give him a Psalms 42. Oh, clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto God. 
with the voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God, you can be seated. This is probably one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament. And there are so many things that can be preached and so many angles that can be approached just from this small book tucked in here in the Old Testament. But there is a simple truth that if God will help us, I would like to emphasize, draw your attention very closely to tonight before we leave this building. First of all, I want you to follow me as we highlight some of the conditions in the life of this lady, this young lady by the name of Ruth. The conditions of her life. Most of you are very familiar with the story, but I want to point out a few things to you tonight for the sake of where we are going. The Bible tells us as a series of events unfolds that Naomi and her husband and their two sons make their way to another land merely trying to survive. As they are becoming accustomed to this new place, they began to meet new people. And it is not long until Naomi's boys fall in love with two young ladies. The Bible tells us that these ladies, that their names are Ruth and Orpah. There are some things that lead us to believe that these young ladies not only married the sons of Naomi, but immediately fell in love with the family of Naomi. Time will not allow us to go into all of this, but there is, there is very strong indicators that once these girls made a choice to link up with this strange foreign family, there are strong indicators to us from history that they were then rejected by their own families. In fact, theologians would tell you that the possibilities are very great that they were no longer even welcomed back in their original homes because of their choice to follow and to join themselves to Naomi's family. As life has it, and you know the story very well, this little Moabitess girl, she finds out some bad news. We find out in Scripture that her brother-in-law passes from this life. We're not sure exactly what took him, but we know through the process of events that Orpah's husband passes away. Not long somewhere, we do not really know the order, but we do know that in the process of loss that Orpah loses her husband. Naomi loses her husband. And then on top of all of the loss, the Bible tells us that Ruth loses her husband. 
I want this congregation to understand me tonight. By the world's standards, Ruth is not a woman that would seem like that the conditions of her life uh, are pointing to any kind of success in the future. It is very important for you to understand by the world's standards, by common sense standards, by just thinking in the realm of reality's standards, Ruth's conditions are not looking up as far as great success in her tomorrows. She has nowhere to turn, nowhere to go. In fact, if you were to really dig into the history of this young lady, there are great possibilities that she is connected, Ruth is connected uh, to families before Naomi. Her bloodline is connected to kings that had put into their children and to their grandchildren a great hatred for the children of God. God only knows what this girl has seen. It was not uncommon in Moab for the kings and men to prostitute their own daughters and attempt to proselyte men from other nations. Are you with me right now? This young lady's life had not been an easy life. This lady's life had not been a cakewalk. And now at the point that she feels like that there's some kind of break in her life, the Bible explains to us that that in itself falls apart. The loss of her father-in-law, the loss of her brother-in-law. Now all that's left is here, her and her and uh, her sister-in-law Orpah and yet her mother-in-law Naomi. The Bible explains to us that Naomi begins to tell these girls, you cannot stay with me. Uh, I'm going to go back to my people. I'm going back to where I came from. I have nothing to give you. I have nothing to offer you. I am too old to have children. And even if I were to have children, uh, it would not be appropriate. Time would not allow for you to wait till those sons would become old enough for you to marry. And so Naomi begins to tell these two ladies, Ruth and Orpah, why don't you go back to where you came from? Why don't you go back to the old world that you came from? Why don't you go back to your people? Why don't you go back to Moab? Why don't you go back to the traditions of Moab? Why don't you go back to the cold idols of that world uh, that God uh, brought you out of, if I could uh, say it like that? And the Bible says that both of these young ladies began to weep. But there is something very significant in Scripture that you must understand tonight for the sake of the thought that the Spirit of the Lord wants us to expound on. I want you to understand they both wept. But the Bible said that there was one by the name of Ruth that clave to Naomi. It said that, Na that Ruth clave to Naomi. Naomi said, I don't have anything to give you. And Ruth's attitude was, I don't have anything to lose. I don't have anything to go back to. I don't look, I don't have much. I don't look like much. I come from a rough background. I don't look like and feel like that tomorrow holds a lot for me. But Naomi, I want you to understand, wherever you go, that's where I'm going. Wherever you go, that's where I'm going. 
come on stay with me I know it's a familiar story but don't let me lose you in the midst of it I want you to understand there's something to be said for somebody that makes up in their mind to serve God I know it's simple tonight but I feel very strong to tell this conference on Friday night there's something to be said for somebody that makes up in their mind to serve God you say brother Marks I don't have much to offer my future doesn't look very bright I come from a busted up family I come from a family of alcoholics I come from a family of drug abusers I come from a family of many many divorces you say brother Marks I don't know who my daddy is I don't know who my mama is I was abused at five years old by my aunt maybe that's what you're saying tonight but I've come to preach to somebody in this conference that there's something to be said for somebody that makes up in their mind to serve the Lord. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may feel like your life's not going anywhere. You may feel like you're on the bottom. Your family may have forsook you. Your destiny may seem bleak and it may seem like it's potentially full of despair. But I've come to preach to you under the unction of the Holy Ghost tonight. There is creation in your choice to serve God. There is a future in your choice to serve God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm talking to some young people in this family, in this family that we're gathered together here with tonight, that there's nobody in your maternal family that lives for God, but I want you to understand some little darling in this place tonight that your daddy been trying to get you to cut your hair and your mama that's loose has been trying to get you to leave the church. Let this preacher preach to you right now. Don't you give up on God. Your choice to serve him is breaking generations curses Woo! hallelujah hallelujah you say brother Marks I'm only 18 19 years old I'm only first generation can I explain to you I'm fourth generation Pentecost on one side but it took a 60 year old grandmother a 60 year old grandmother that raised seven kids on her own that walked by a little Pentecostal church she didn't have but very few years of her life left but she walked in and she repented of her sins and she received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and four generations later here I am it was the creation of destiny it was the choice of somebody to live for God I know it's simple but I've come to stir you up in the Holy Ghost I want to know is there anybody got your mind made up I shall never forsake him I shall never forsake him come on anybody got your mind made up I'm going to live for God come hell or high water I wish I'd get some young men to run an aisle right now. Are there any young men that's got your mind made up? Just get out and run the aisle right now. Come on. Come on. They 
you, son, go ahead. I said, is there anybody got your mind made up? You're not going to talk me out of living for God. You're not going to talk me out of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You're not going to talk me out of the experience that God has given me. I wish somebody would scream at the top of your lungs. Yes, 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 yes. Come on. Scream it. Yes. 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 Ruth coming from a back, a rough background. Nothing to go home to. A family full of loss and tragedy, all by herself and feeling alone. And she makes a decision. She makes a decision to live for God. Some would say, Brother Mark, she made a decision to follow me home. And no, the bottom line is she made a decision to live for God. She made a decision to live for God. She said, Naomi, your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. Oh, I feel the help of the Holy Ghost right now. Here comes this little lady with a, with a rough past and a busted up family, loss, tragedy, and extreme loneliness, following her mother-in-law into a strange land. The Bible says that in that land, there was there a man by the name of Boaz. Let me explain to you how Boaz ever got in the story of Ruth. We're talking about the creation of destiny. We're talking about people that feel like they don't have anything. That eventually, out of anything, God raises up great things. Do you know that God's raising up great things right here in the middle of nowhere? Oh, I wish I'd get somebody to believe that with me right now. I said God's raising up big things. You say, Brother Marks, I'm just an ex, I'm just an ex drug addict. I'm just an ex drug dealer. I'm just an, an ex prostitute. I'm just an ex alcohol. No, you've been baptized in Jesus' name and you're full of the Holy Ghost. And you've made a choice to live for God. Only God knows the destiny. Is it just me tonight? Does anybody else feel what I feel moving in this building? It's destiny that's in this house. And so there's a good looking dude that catches Rusai. And his name is Boaz. But the question is, how did Boaz ever get there? Well, you that read your Bible ought to know how Boaz got there. The Bible says that when the armies of God were on their rampage, they were on their march, taking over territory, that in the midst of taking over territory, that Jericho was in their sights. And the Bible says that there was a woman that lived there 
that made up in her mind. The Bible says she was a harlot. The Bible says Rahab was a harlot. And that woman that was a harlot, the Bible says that she made a decision to house the spies that God had sent to spy out Jericho. Boy, I feel preaching this house tonight. And in making this decision to house the spies, she begins to tell these spies, listen, I've got a bad past. I don't have much to offer. I've got a wicked reputation around this area. She said, but do you think there's a chance that I could join the Lord's side? Do you think there's a chance that I could enlist in the Lord's army? I have seen the swath and the path of destruction that you have left behind you. I have seen, I have heard the news of all of those that have been devoured and destroyed. I don't want to be destroyed. And so the harlot makes a decision to follow God. The harlot makes a decision to fall in love with God. The harlot makes a decision to take the church as her own family. Oh, if you don't shout tonight, there's something wrong with your shout. If this doesn't make you shout tonight, there's just something wrong with your shout. One of those spies that she housed, Brother Urshan, I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce his name. I know in the English, English language it looks like salmon. It's spelled S-A-L-M-O-N. That was the name of one of the spies that she housed that day. I want to draw to your attention that when they finally got to Jericho, not only was Rahab spared, but the Bible says because of her decision that God spared her family. I want to stop and preach to somebody in this house. You may be the only one in your maternal family in the church right now, but you just hang on, baby. It's just a matter of time. Can I prophesy to Belgrade? Can I prophesy to Fort Myers? Can I prophesy to these other churches? I believe that 2010 is going to be a year that God gives us a revival in our families. I believe brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles. somebody praise God like you believe that and receive it right now. I said I believe 2010 is going to be a year that God does something great in your family. Woo! Her family spared because of a lady that had nothing had no destiny, but had a choice. Seemingly had no future, but had a choice. That choice she made was to choose. She chose to serve the Lord. Time rocks on. Rahab the harlot falls in love with one of those spies. Salmon falls in love with one of those spies that she had housed. Do you know that your Bible says that out of that love, God have mercy, out of that love come a child. Do you know who that child was? 
That child was Boaz. The Bible not only says that Boaz was a nice looking dude, but the Bible explains to us that he was very prosperous. So here comes a little ex-Moabite idol worshiper that has nothing. Ruth, here she comes. She has nothing. God's placed a man there that's there because somebody with no future made a decision and now there's a future. Now here comes somebody else with no future that's made a decision by the name of Ruth. Is this beautiful? Is the word of God beautiful? My God, why don't you throw away those nasty love stories you've been reading and get the word. You want to read a love story? Get the Bible. There's no love story like the Bible. Boaz falls in love with the ex-Moabite. He pays the price. He becomes the kinsman redeemer. You know the story. And before long, they're married. And if you'll read the end of the book of Ruth, it'll make you dance. It'll make shouting come to your feet. It'll make you want to shout. Because out of that love came Obad. And out of that out of that generation came Jesse. And out of the next generation came the psalmist David. My God, are you seeing the creation of destiny? I don't care. Don't tell me what you don't have. Don't tell me what kind of family background you come from. If you'll make a decision to live for God and you stand next to that decision, God can create a destiny. Come on, if you got your mind made up to live for God, I want you to shout from your belly. Come on, I want you to shout out from your belly if you got your mind made up to live for God. Woo! Everybody wants to talk about David. Everybody wants to talk about Solomon. Everybody wants to talk about the mercy of God that they were receiving hundreds of years after David died. But can I tell you, it all started with somebody that was a nobody, that had nothing, that made a decision to live for God. Only God knows what's going to come out of you getting the Holy Ghost. Do you hear me? Only God knows what's going to come out of you being a tongue talker. Hallelujah. My God, when I get like this, the old Cherokee in me starts rising up and I got to get that. Woo! Come on, y'all know how to do that down here in Florida. Woo! Come on, you ought to try it. It feels good. Woo! The devil don't like it. You ought to try it again. Woo! God only knows what's coming down the road. God only knows what the next five years hold. God only knows what's going to happen between now and the rapture because you got the Holy Ghost. Come here, Elder. 
Come here. You're not in trouble. Come here. You're going to help me preach tonight. Oh, I got me a helper. This is not staged, is it? It's not staged. I didn't talk to you about this, did I? You're going to help me preach. You got to get loud, okay, because I'm going to ask you some questions, and you got to put the answer in the mic, okay? We're going to help somebody right now. How many years have you served the Lord? Twenty-nine. Twenty-nine years. You hear that? Twenty-nine years. Stand right there. Just stand right. How long you served the Lord? Fifteen years. Come stand right here. Fifteen years. Anybody served the Lord for forty years? Come here. Come here, Elder. Forty years. Come here. Ha! Stand right there, Elder. Now, let me just ask you something. In 29 years, has everything always gone your way? No, sir. Okay. In 29 years, have you ever seen anybody backslide? Yep. In 40 years, Elder, tell me. Tell this conference tonight. In 40 years, have you ever seen anybody backslide? Yes, I have. In 15 years, brother, of living for God, has anything ever gone wrong in your life? Seem like all the time. Perfect answer. In 29 years, Elder, you have been lied on? Yes, sir. In 40 years, Elder, have you ever gone through periods of time that you didn't know where God was? Yes, sir. But you're still here, right? Brother, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm about ready to run the back of them chairs right there. Have you been through any hardship in 40 years? Yes, but God always saw me through. But you're still here, right? You ever been sick in 15 years? Yes. But you're still here, right? You ever had any financial struggles in 29 years? But you're still here, right? You ever had any financial struggles in 40 years of serving God, but you're still here? Anybody get what I'm driving at right now? You know why this brother's here after 40 years? You know why this brother's still here after 29 years? You know why this brother's still here after 15 years? Because somewhere they made a decision. They made a commitment for better or for worse in sickness and in health. You know why they're still here? They're still here because they made a decision. I don't care what comes my way. ever let you down? Have you ever been disappointed? Have you ever gone through seasons of sadness? But you're still here, right? You know what that tells me? Your atmosphere doesn't predicate whether or not you keep living for God. Your atmosphere has nothing to do whether or not you make it live for God. It's got everything to do with your attitude. It don't have anything to do with your... 
You can head back to your seat. Some people say, well, if I had the perfect situation, if I had the perfect situation, I'd live for God. I got more Bible than you want to mess with me about. It takes more than a perfect situation. Lucifer had a perfect situation and he couldn't live for God when there was no devil. Demas had a perfect situation. He was under the ministry of Apostle Paul. Judas had a perfect situation. Judas was one of the 12. I got news for you. Don't let the devil lie to you. It takes more than a perfect situation. It takes somebody with a spirit, a stubborn spirit. I said it takes somebody with a stubborn spirit that says you're not going to run me out of the church. You're not going to lie me out of the church. You're not going to drive me. Come on, has anybody got your mind made up? I'm in this thing to stay. Praise him, praise him. There's a breakthrough right here. You gotta quit complaining. You gotta quit belly aching, griping. You gotta pull yourself up out of the molly grubs. You got everything going for you. Well, if I come from a family of church folks, I could live for God. Really? What happened to Samuel's kids? What happened to Job's kids? Well, if I was raised in a preacher's house, really? What happened to Eli's boys? If I had the perfect situation, I could live for God. No, no, no. No, no. Somewhere. Somewhere. Somewhere in your life, you've got to come to some resolve in your spirit that says, the devil's going to fight. And I'm going to tell you in the Holy Ghost, there's some of you at a very, you're at a very critical point in your walk with God. I'm going to tell you, there's some good folks at a very dangerous place. It's a very exciting place, but you're, you're at a breaking point. You're at a, you're at a place where two, two ways meet right now in your walk with God. You're at that place where either you're going to bend and break under the pressure. God have mercy. God forbid. You're at that place in your life that you're going to have to square your shoulders and you're going to have to let the devil know, I understand that it's not always going to be easy, but you're going to have to let the devil know, I'm not going anywhere. Oh, I'm fixing to wrap this thing up. I've been preaching long enough, but I'm gonna tell you something. The devil's convinced you there's something wrong with the church you're in. Somebody in your family's convinced you can live for God if you went somewhere else. Somebody's convinced you that pastor's too hard and you can live for God somewhere where the pastor wasn't so hard. Can I explain to you, it ain't got anything to do with your pastor. It ain't got anything to do with those lies that the devil's told you. You need to just close your mouth and submit to 
of a man of God in your life. You need to get behind the preacher. The creation of destiny. How many people in this place would you raise your hand for me? How many people in this place are first generation Pentecost? Would you just raise your hand? Raise it up high. Oh, brothers, what's going to come out of this? What's going to come out of this? If God tarries, what's the next generation hold? You can't quit now. You made a decision, honey. And just as important as you making a decision is staying committed to that decision. Oh, what's going to come out? Come on, get them hands back up. I want the devil to see that first generation. I want the devil to see that. Oh, first generation. It's the creation of destiny. What's the next generation hold? What kind of preacher is going to come out of your decision to go down in the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus? I felt in prayer that my responsibility for this service was to simply to walk in here and wrap this thing up by telling you, be not weary in well-doing. I wrote it down and dated it the day he called and asked me to preach this conference. Immediately when I hung the phone up, the first scripture that exploded in my mind as I sat there thinking about it was, be not Weary and well-doing. I'm speaking to the churches that are in this building. I'm speaking to the pastors that's in this building. I'm speaking to the pastors. I'm speaking to you prophetically now. I'm speaking to every man of God. I'm speaking to every lady of God. I'm speaking to every young person. I'm speaking to every church that's represented, every musician, every daughter, every son, every mother, every father. Be not weary. In well-doing. For in due season. You're going to reap. If you faint not. Can I tell you? I believe. I believe there's a hundred soul revival coming to somebody. Somebody. I believe there's a hundred soul revival coming to you in 2010. Well, I wish I, could get, I wish I could get somebody to believe that right now. I said, I believe there's a hundred soul revival coming to somebody's church in 2010. My God, Brother Urshan, would Fort, is Fort Myers here tonight? Would Fort Myers agree with me right now that God could... Anybody 
from Belgrade here tonight that believes that we can baptize more people in 2010 than we've ever baptized. Come on, anybody from Belgrade, can you shout on that? Brother Kennedy, is anybody here from Brother Kennedy's church? Can anybody from Brother Kennedy's church believe that 2010 is gonna be the greatest year of harvest that we've ever had? Anybody shout with me on that? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Where's Brother Phil, pastor at? The son, where's he pastor at? West Palm Beach. Anybody here from West Palm Beach? Come on, is anybody here tonight from West Palm Beach? Can I tell you? Can I tell you what I just felt when I said West Palm Beach? I believe God's fixing to expose, expose the reputation of this church to West Palm Beach. I'm talking about God's gonna expose you to your community and to your city in a way you've never been exposed. I wish I'd get somebody shout about that right now. I'm talking about big miracles. I'm talking about cancers. I'm talking about cancers being healed. I'm talking about tumors being cursed. Where are you starting the church at, bro? Lake Placid? How many can believe with Brother Hopper right now? God have mercy. I wish you would go up right now for, in an explosion of praise for great apostolic revival in Lake Placid with the hoppers. Come on, help me right now. Be not weary in well-doing. Let me explain something to you in closing. The devil has fought us. I know what I feel. I know what I felt across the country. The devil has gathered his greatest forces to oppose the church of the greatest revival that God's ever given her. Let me explain to you. You need to go home with your head high. Even though the devil's fought us, God's gonna give us victory in the midst of adversity. God's gonna give us I don't know who I'm talking to right now. I don't know if it's a pastor or a saint, but I'm just telling you, you need to go home thanking God because in the next 60 days, that thing that won't release and that thing that won't go through, I'm prophesying to you. If you'll praise God right now, in the next 60 days, it's gonna be a done deal. God's gonna work it out. somebody would shout. I wish somebody would praise God right now. Here's what I want you to do. Very quickly, we don't have a big space down here, but very quickly, 
I want you to move out of the out of the seats and I want you to move as close to the platform as possible. We're going to be stacked in the aisles, I understand, but let's get in as close as we can. Let's pack these altars up right now. Come on. Boy, anybody feel excitement in the air? Anybody feel excitement in the air? Come on. Oh. Step in and be blessed. Hallelujah. That's it. Hit the aisles and press down. I told the Holy Ghost, I said, in prayer today, I said, God, these people don't know me. I don't have much credibility with them. But I still felt like coming in here like a wild man and speaking faith to you. I hope you can receive it from somebody you don't know because it really don't have anything to do with me. It's just a vessel. I'm just standing here and it's just the word of God speaking through me to you right now. How many want, how many want to see the greatest revival in 2010 that you've ever seen? Come on, how many believe? How many believe what I prophesied to you early that 2010 is going to be a revival in our families? Come on. How many want to see that? How many want it bad? Here's what I want you to do. This may seem strange to you, but this is what we're going to do. As bad as you want it, I'm going to count to three in just a second. I've done this all over the country. God blesses it. I feel like doing it right now. I'm going to count to three. Something's fixing to break in this. Holy Ghost is going to break out on us right now. I'm going to count to three. When I get to three, as bad as you want revival, as bad as you want that thing to break, as bad as you want God to do something in your family, I want you to signify it by the volume and the desperation of your voice. Now, I'm just telling you, it's fixing to get loud in here. Now, if you just want a little bit, you just make a little bit of noise. If you want revival just a little bit, you just make a little bit of noise, just, just a whimper. But if there's any wild-eyed, red-eyed, fired-up apostolics that want it, want it more than you want your next breath, I'm looking for somebody that'll get fanatical like blind Bartimaeus tonight. I don't want you just to shout. I want you to sustain it. I'm telling you, something's about to break in the Holy Ghost. You guys get ready. I feel it. It's happening. Somebody could receive the Holy Ghost in the next few moments. Are you ready? One. All together. Here we go. Two. Get ready to shout. Three. Shout right now. Come on. Come on. Like you feel right now. Woo! 
Yes! Yes! Come on, here comes another wave. Go! Come on. I play that depression off of you. I play that addiction to narcotics off of you. I play, oh, ha, ha. Be not weary and well-doing. There's a miracle coming your way. There's a miracle coming your Somebody needs to shout again. Somebody needs to let dancing come to your feet. Somebody needs to leap. Somebody needs to wave your hand. Somebody needs to do something. Do something right now. Give God extravagant praise. I want you to go home and I want you to get those medications off your bedside. I want you to dump them down the toilet. You don't need them to function. God's gonna be your peace. God's gonna be your joy. God's gonna be your provider. the husband would grab your wife by the hand and dance on the devil's head right now. I wish the young person would loose yourself and dance on the devil's head right now. something channeling up this aisle right now. Come on, get ready. There's something coming to you right now. My God, you better shout. You better get your heart open. You better get your heart right.
lame man walk. Let the blind man see. your mouth hands raised I wish you'd start speaking it with your head up it's my year it's my year it's my season it's my time to be blessed plug in. Forget about the time. Would you just plug in for a few moments? Come on, the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is moving here right now. Victory come. 